Right, nine minutes past two o'clock. My name is Noreen Mayer. Thank you so much for tuning in to the One Two Three Show. I'm really delighted because I've got Sadia Osmani joining us on the line right now. Sadia, great to speak to you. How are you doing today? I'm very well. It's a nice sunny day, so feeling bright and cheerful with it. <laughs> oh, that's great. So uh, I was just saying, uh, we're just trying out different uh, various forms of technology. Um, uh, some of our listeners may, may know that uh, I'm broadcasting from our Admiralty studio uh, due to the COVID situation. We, we've got a bit of an AB team happening. And this is my first time to use the telephone line in the Admiralty <laughs> studio. I've been here. I've been here 15 years Sadia, and this is the first time, so it's kind of a... a well, if anything goes wrong, we know why then. No. <laughs> exactly, it's not in good hands. So what have you got for our listeners this afternoon? Okay, well, I was, you know, you know I'm trying to lose weight, and so I was looking at some articles, and something interesting came up, and that was this whole thing about, you know, whenever you talk to somebody about losing weight or whatever, people straight away say, oh, well, you've got to count your calories, and I found this really fascinating article, which was just talking about how calorie, you know, the whole thing about calorie counting. Um, and, you know, as a general rule, it is true that obviously the fewer calories that you burn, you'll get slimmer. And if you consume far more, then you're going to, you know, put on weight. But I suppose it's the kind of simplicity of counting calories that is flawed to a certain extent because, um, you know, calories are great as a scientific kind of measurement. There's no dispute about that. But they say that uh, calculating exact calories, you know, based on food that you're eating, it's actually quite hard to get sort of precise numbers. Uh, And sometimes, you you know, when we go to shops, when we go to supermarkets, things, we automatically look at the labels and obviously the calorie count is on the top there. But they say that, you know, generally some of these labels are understated by almost like 20%. And even stuff like, you know, processed frozen foods, their calorific content can be as much as 70%, which is which is not accurate. So it kind of makes you think that, you know, sometimes people, I know people who almost kind of measure a little bit of pieces of food and they say, oh, no, I could only have this amount. And they weigh it and all sorts. And I was just looking into the a little bit of the background of how, you know, we calculate these calories, calories and how long it's been going on. But the other thing was it takes, for instance, for some people, um, you know, it takes almost like 8 to 80 hours for food once you, say, had it on a plate and then eventually for that to pass through your gut, et cetera, and for it to end up in the bathroom. And so, you know, so much of the whole calorie thing comes under different, different categories for different people so you know even a single individual you know the time of day that you eat and say the amount of sleep that you had everything's going to affect how those calories affect your body and you know we're we're kind of faced with this all the time and that we see it on gym equipment we all wear these fitbits which tell us on our wrists how many calories we're burning even our phones are telling us when we go to restaurants, the menus might give you a, a calorie rundown. Um, so I was looking at a little bit about how people started to do this. And, and for centuries, I suppose, you know, scientists have assumed that the mass of food consumed was a significant aspect of all of this. And supposedly in the 16th century, an Italian physician named Santorio Sanctorius invented a weighing chair, which sounds interesting, and, and he was kind of dangling on this giant scale. And every time he kind of had a regular meal and things like that, 
he sat and he weighed himself. And then everything he ate and drank and all the feces and urine, everything was weighed and he was checking. And he did this for almost like 30 years of continuous kind of dangling on this chair. And he, if he still didn't end up answering a number of his questions about the impact that that consumption had on his body. And it was only later that the focus shifted to the energy, you know, and of different food stuff and, and how each food is different. And then I think it was in the 18th century, some guy called Antoine Lavoisier, a French aristocrat, worked out that if you burn if you burn a candle, you know, it obviously required gas from the air, which he named oxygen, and to fuel the flame and release the heat, you know, there were other gases. So he applied the same principle to food, concluding that you know the fuel the body like like a slow burning fire. And he built a calorie meter, uh, a big device, you know, to hold a guinea pig. And he measured the heat that the creature generated to estimate how much energy it was producing. And and the actual calorie itself, the word calor, comes from the Latin from heat. And it was already used, you know, to measure the efficiency of steam engines. Supposedly one calorie is the energy required to heat one kilogram of water by one degree Celsius. So, Noreen, is it count? Do you ever count calories and stuff of stuff that you're eating? Um, sometimes, but you know, um, going back on something that you mentioned just now, it's true that uh, you know a lot of the times when we go to the supermarkets and when we pick up products, we automatically look at um, the, the 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 food labeling. But a lot of times, we're, we're not reading it properly, and, and we don't know what we're looking out for. Yeah, um, for yeah. example, um, you know, if you're picking up a, 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 a special cereal that you're trying to have to lose weight. And we all know that cereal's notoriously loaded yeah. with sugar. And other times people don't look at the sugar content. No, that's and right. The that's average right. sugar content in some of these um, cereals is can be up to 33% sugar. And and, yeah. and and a lot of times, you know, just just for an example, you, you're looking at this. Um, it's 280 calories. You think, oh, okay. As an average woman, I should be consuming maybe about 1,300 <laughs> to 1,500 calories, depending on your height and perhaps sometimes even your your um, your your, your, um, your output or how, however uh, physical you are. Um, mm. And you think, okay, it's 280 calories. And then you look closely and you realize, hang on a minute. It's 280 calories per okay. serving of, per serving, of exactly. 30 grams. And, you think, and you think, oh, I, I probably need to have 60 grams because I'm feeling quite hungry. And then, you, yeah. and then it's five. 30 grams is nothing. Ex, ex, 30 nothing. grams is nothing, exactly. So then you have two, two servings of, of say, 60 yeah. grams. Uh, sorry, of 30 grams. It makes 60 grams. So you're consuming uh, 560 <laughs> calories, you know. I know. It's, it's so misleading. What do you do about that? I think the general rule of thumb is um, th there's a calorie deficit. That's how we lose weight. You know, your your, your consumption and your output. D didn't they say something like 3,000 calories equals to a pound? So you've got to lose 300, oh, sorry, 3,000 <laughs> worth of deficit of calories, and then you'll lose a pound. Um, yeah. So, But, you know, it's, it's as you say, you know, um, cereals are notorious. And I think so many people just look at labels in the wrong way. And then simple carbohydrates, you know, are absorbed in the bloodstream because they provide 
this shot of energy. And I was reading and it said, you know, the body absorbs the sugar from a can of fizzy drink at a rate of 30 calories a minute. That's how the body absorbs it, right? Compared with two calories a minute from complex carbohydrates such as potatoes or rice, which, you know, and, and we think sometimes like, Oh, you know, a can of fizzy drink. Okay, it's got this many calories in it, but like, it just goes straight to your, straight to the bits that you don't want to to get any bigger. And <laughs> it's amazing, you know. I just I can't believe it. And supposedly, you know, our ancestors would have enjoyed like a heavy hit of sugar perhaps four times a year, and that was when you know the new season for fruit came along, and there was fruit on the trees and. So it wasn't like they were grabbing a Mars bar as they went out to go and do some work and and, gra- and go hunting or something like that. They didn't have access to these things, you see. So we we just have it. There's a full flow of stuff that we can use. And obviously, protein is another thing. And the you know, if you're not having these carbohydrates, people kind of tend to fuel the body with protein, and it's broken down slowly compared to carbohydrates and stuff. So that's another thing. But they say that, you know, people's intestines, 50%, if they're 50% longer than others, those with shorter ones absorb fewer calories, which means that they can excrete more of the energy in food, putting on less weight. So sometimes when you see people and you think, look, you know, how come they're so slim? How come they're okay? They eat the same. They seem to eat a reasonable amount. So we don't know what's going on inside there. You know, just the whole sort of way that you run your life and who knows that the size of your intestine <laughs> how long it is now it isn't um and so you know the response of your own body may change depending upon what you when you eat and what you eat um and it was also like you know about certain foods that you eat that you know if you uh, it's the way you cook them whether you heat them whether you chop them whether you you know slice them up or grind them So all of those things, like sometimes the work that your body, your mouth has to do to break something up and to crush it, and your body has to do to break it all up, then if you're grinding it and processing it to that extent, then your body is not having to do that work, and so therefore Mm. you don't burn so many calories. That's true, because they say digestion starts in the mouth when you are chewing. I think you have yeah, to choose to make thirty times before you you, you oh, swallow the food. I don't yeah. I don't think many people actually consciously do that. But that's that's what we're supposed to be doing. You know, if yeah, we eat yeah. slowly, then then our brain sort of registers um, the feeling of being full um, uh, more more effectively, more efficiently. But if we eat mm-hmm. our food really quickly, we finish our food quicker, and um, the signals don't sent, uh, get sent to the brain until like later, and you just keep eating. I don't know mm. uh, how how long does it take you, uh, Sadia, f- you know, f- for an average meal, for example, to to eat, well, say lunchtime. Another, yeah, well, that's another thing, in that you know, if you're actually sitting down properly at the dinner table, which is always advised that, you know, sit down, have a proper meal, take your time. Then, you know, you can sit there for a good 25 minutes or whatever. And obviously, if you're in a restaurant, you take your time eating. But I think it depends that if you're really hungry, you might just want to hog it down pretty rapidly. And if you're doing things on the run, you know, suddenly people are, are, are busy and then they go out, they grab a sandwich and they walk in the street and they eat the sandwich as they're going. Obviously, maybe not so much now because people are wearing masks and things like that. But, you know, it's just like 
how you eat it. And I do think, and if you're sitting there in front of the TV with a tray in front of you, you will be watching TV and you will keep hogging it down and you actually won't be chewing it. You're, you're too absorbed in something else and you don't actually realize how much you're eating at the time. Yeah. Another interesting thing was that... And that's not that, mindful know, eating because I think yeah, there's a, the whole movement yeah. of mindful... Um, well, mindfulness in a lot of aspects of our life, but yeah, also yeah. Uh, in eating. And when we take for granted, you know, we just sort of... Um, I, I remember when, when I was at university, um, I had a friend called Morag, and she would... She She's such an avid reader. Um, uh, she studied history. She's a historian. Um, and she would always cut up all her food before she mm. ate it into small pieces and um, whether it was i don't know a cottage pie and if you can cut up pie oh uh, or like a steak and a steak and mushroom pie or steak and kidney pie um just everything was cut up into small pieces and then she'd sit there enjoy her uh, read her book to eat and oh i, I was, was doing that to save time so to save time reading. exactly oh, to save time sorry. but it's sort of equivalent to to watching telly to watching the yeah, telly yeah, yeah, no. Absolutely, you're distracted and you're not actually enjoying the food. You're doing it purely. It's about living to eat or eating to live or whatever it is. But the other, an interesting thing was too that supposedly starch molecules, when they cool, they form kind of new structures that are harder to digest. So for instance, it says you absorb fewer calories eating kind of toast that's been left to go cold or leftover spaghetti, which you don't warm up and stuff compared to if it was freshly made. So things that have been sitting there quite cold. Um, and then there was some experiment done in Sri Lanka in 2015 where they could almost halve the calories potentially absorbed from rice by adding coconut oil during the cooking and then cooling the rice. Um, and that made the starch less digestible, so the body like took in fewer calories. That's quite interesting. I thought, gosh, that's, I never really thought, you know, cold toast sitting there is actually that you won't absorb so many calories. I shall probably now wait to get my toast cold before I eat it. Um, and then different parts of a vegetable or fruit may be absorbed differently too, like older leaves, tougher, for example. And the starchy interior of like sweet corn is easily digested, but the cellulose husk is impossible to break down and pass through the body. And, and you notice that sometimes, you know, you've had lots of sweet corn and stuff. And then you go and it just comes out intact. <laughs> nothing nothing changes in it, you know. Um, but, but you know, I think a little bit of a myth that does go on is that they say that, you know, exercise, for instance, is obviously good and it has clear health benefits. But they say unless you're a professional athlete, it plays quite a small part in weight control than most people actually believe. And as much as like 75% of the average person's daily energy expenditure doesn't come through exercise, but from ordinary daily activities, um, you know, from from keeping your body functioning by digesting food, powering your organs and maintaining kind of regular body temperature. So that's quite an interesting one because somebody else has said that to me too, that, you know, yeah, you can go run, you can do all this cardiovascular, but there's a different type of exercise that you need, like you do quick the power runs or you know you're lifting weights and things like that that might help but it's all about your diet it has a lot to do with your diet in terms of the type of food you're eating and when you're eating it and how you're eating it um there are people though who call themselves like calorie dissidents uh and they're sort of a growing number of academics what's, what's that <laughs> calorie <laughs> academic dissidents. dissidents yeah dissidents 
And there's a there's like growing number of academics and scientists who say that the persistence of calorie counting compounds the obesity epidemic rather than remedying it. And they don't believe that you need to count calories and, you know, it kind of disrupts you from eating the right amount of food and it steers us towards kind of poor choices. Um, and, and, and sometimes they say that the calorie system is really more about you know, letting food producers off the hook because because basically people who are producing this food can then say that, well, you know, we're not responsible for the unhealthy products that we sell. We just have to list calories. And at the end of the day, it's up to you to manage your weight. So yeah. here it is. Coming Take to think about it, I think, I, I think okay, th- th- there are some, some friends I know, some people I'm sure you know, and I'm sure our listeners will know some of the people who are, who are fairly slim, who count their calories, they really watch what they eat, um, and perhaps order very healthy food when, when you go. And then there are some people who are naturally quite skinny. Mm. And, I'm, mm. and, and I'm thinking about my, my mum, who's naturally... Mm. Really, very slim lady, um, and she doesn't count what she doesn't count her calories. She she doesn't. Um, I'm not saying she doesn't watch what she eats. She'll eat everything in moderation. So if mm. there's you know yeah, if, if there's the chocolate, trick. she'll she'll have it. If there's pasta, she'll have it. She won't really say no to anything. But then she, mm. she's very good at sort of you know um, having a, one or two biscuits and then that's it. Whereas, whereas sadly yeah. for me, I'll probably have like. Four or five. Okay, yeah. maybe five or six. And then yeah. I think, it's that yeah. kind of bingy thing, isn't it? It's like, oh. I think... And then the I don't have it for like that, a, a You know, week. if you have a bar, <laughs> yeah. like whether you're a whole, full bar of chocolate person or whether you're a couple of little cubes yeah. of it, um, uh, you know. Mum is a, one or two cubes. I'm like, yeah. you know, bring yeah. on the six cubes, which is <laughs> in the bar. What about you, Sadia? Are, are you well, the Well, whole... I think I'm a one-cube person, actually, because oh, I, yeah. I, I kind of am quite... Care- I, Try not to eat. Like if I eat, I have a bad habit of like, for instance, if somebody gave me a slice of cake or something, I would just, I would cut it in half and say, oh no, I'll just have half. You take the rest. And, and they don't like that because it's just messy. And 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 you know, if I was going to have a bar of chocolate, I'd always say, oh no, just give me half of that type thing. Um, so I want to savor the taste. I want to enjoy the chocolate. Who, but who I'm kind of happy. Who has half a slice of cake, Sadia? That's yeah, just, I know. That's just I know. weird. But I feel so guilty. I just feel like, you know, especially now I'm trying very hard. But, true, but sometimes true. you do and you just think, okay, or you keep it. I remember once um, being in the States and we went to the cheesecake factory, right? And <laughs> seriously, the size of the cheesecake that came in our serving was horrific. It was just massive. And so I, I said, oh, can I have a little doggy bag? Because <laughs> me and my husband shared it, but we didn't eat very much. And seriously, I took it home and we were staying in the hotel, which had a fridge. And I put it in the fridge and I ate that for three days because it was so wow. huge. And they put a huge amount of cream on it and everything. And for three days, I just took slices out of it. That's how big it was. But you see that, you know, in, in the States and stuff, portion size or, you know, doubling up things, making things bigger, you know, supersizing things is very common. And people want to get the best for their money. And then they feel like, you know, like buffets work in the same way. That You just feel when you go to buffet, you will always come back bloated and think, oh, I've eaten too much. Sadia, have you you tried this as well? But Sorry, we're just coming up towards the um, 2.30 news. But uh, serving your food on a smaller plate so the portions look bigger. Yes. Yes, I have, and then I just have more plates. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> That's 
That's so, so funny. So anyway. <laughs> because oh, it's true. Talking. Sometimes when we go to restaurants, um, I've been there before. When you go there and you're really hungry and then they serve you uh, the food on a really big plate and then the food yeah. portions look tiny and you feel a bit yeah. sort of, your you heart just, drops you a little just look bit. At them. You just look at the waiter and you think, am I paying for this? Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I suppose, all the fancy, fine eating. You know, you have to pay more. You can pay more for a little amount of food. <laughs> Just have a few bits and you go home and have a sandwich then, you know. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well, Sadia, thank you so much for, for sharing your, your weight loss journey and calorie counting. Uh, we, we wish you the best of luck. Do keep us posted with, with how that's going. I know it's def- uh, it's for health reasons, so we really wish you uh, the best of luck. Thank you so much for your sharing. Okay. And I look All forward right, to no chatting with you next week. Thank you very Stay much, then. Sadia. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye for now.